to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. Playoff time! Finally, after three long months of the regular season. This is what we all live for as college football and North Dakota State fans, isn't it? The road to Frisco, going through Fargo yet again. The Bison the top overall seed in the 2018 NCAA Division I football championship brackets. But boy, there's some controversy. The bracket of doom. It's like that Indiana Jones movie. He's trying to uh, go into that volcano or whatever it is, and they're throwing people into the molten lava, and the dude rips the other dude's heart out, and Indy steals some stuff. He got out of there okay, though. The bracket of doom. Sees North Dakota State with potential quarterfinal matchups against James Madison, who the Bison have played the last two postseasons. You know, the Dukies, Coach Mike Houston. They got to play today. James Madison did not get a bye. They finished the season 8-3. Tied for second with about four other teams in the Colonial Athletic Conference who got six teams in the field, but only one of those teams was seated at the University of Maine up in Orono, the number seven Black Bears, and then a potential semifinal showdown against John T. Stegemeyer in the Jack Rabbits. You wonder, it being the holiday season, If Stig's going to be ready to rock and roll for a potential Friday night light, you might find him on the Fargo Dome parking lot tipping back some warm juice, some festive Yuletide spirits, literally. No pun intended, but South Dakota State, there they are at 8-2, the number five seed. They got the winner of Towson Duquesne, who play today. Towson is a trendy pick. I've seen Sam Herter over at Hero Sports. Sammy says that uh, Towson might give the Jacks a run for their money. And, of course, North Dakota State, the Bison. Robbie Grimsley, All-American senior captain, said after the regular season finale last week against Southern Illinois that the Bison, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, they were gunning for an undefeated perfect regular season. And you know they got their eyes set on 15-0. and They got their eyes set on raising another national championship trophy. On February, I've had too much turkey. I've had too much juice. January 5th in Frisco, Texas. But first, they've got to get through the bracket of doom. We're going to bring on right away. We're not wasting any time. We only got an hour. We could talk about this bracket and how North Dakota State fans are up in arms. South Dakota State fans are up in arms. Maybe that's the one thing that SDSU fans and North Dakota State fans and JMU fans can agree on. You're talking arguably the top three teams in the FCS. 
matched up on the same side of the bracket. And, oh, by the way, I hear you. My pals down in Kennesaw, Georgia, Kennesaw State, the Owls, went through the FCS undefeated. They're only lost to a really bad FBS Georgia State team. They're at number four. And in a potential quarterfinal matchup with South Dakota State, guys are Bison fans. Here's a question. Chase Miller, 740 the fan, who's got to do yeo men's work. He's all over the place calling state championship football games, running up to Grand Forks to do reporting. We got him on for the FCS playoff preview here on Heard It Here with Swanee and Nolan P. Schmidt, editor-in-chief of the Bison Illustrated. Nolan, I'll throw it to you first. Do Bison fans have justification this Turkey Day Saturday to be upset at the bracket during the playoffs. You know, I think if you were to ask Bison fans, it's from what I've you know seen on Twitter and social media and you know out in the media, it's just kind of it's wishy washy. It's fifty fifty. You know, I think a lot of fans are excited about the idea of James Madison coming to Fargo because you know when you think about it, if you're a Bison fan, would you rather and you know me and you and Sam Herter talked about this earlier this week is would you rather see South Dakota State in Frisco or would you rather see James Madison in Frisco or would you rather see him in Fargo? I think nine times out of ten, you're going to want to see him in Fargo because that's your environment. That's the Bison environment. And not to mention the last time James Madison came into the Fargo Dome, they beat NDSU. So, I mean, you know, if anything, I don't know if they have anything to necessarily be upset about. I mean, James Madison has struggled through the year against good defensive teams. Who's to say? We don't really even know, Swanee, if they're going to make it past Colgate. We know Colgate's a good team, gave Army a run for their money last week. You know, we just really don't know how James Madison's going to pan out. And the same goes for South Dakota State. I mean, we don't know how they're going to match up with Kennesaw State if it comes to that in the quarterfinals. Even that Towson game is interesting. I mean, Tom Flacco is the CAA Offensive Player of the Year, named earlier this week. I mean, that's a good matchup, too. I mean, regardless of if it's in Brookings or not, I think we're going to have some good matchups for those two teams to the point where they may not end up coming to Fargo. If I'm a South Dakota State fan, I might be just a little bit more upset. Because if you look at it, you know, we talked about it, Swanee. I was under the impression that South Dakota State would be either a 6 or a 7. They would be where UC Davis is or where Maine is. And I thought Maine should have been seated a little bit higher in that 5 spot. You know, if you're South Dakota State and you're currently in a, in a 6 or a 7 seed in this current bracket, your road is a lot more favorable if you look at that bottom half of the bracket. If I was a Jackrabbits fan, I'd be a little bit more upset and you wonder if that game against Iowa State that got canceled if that played a factor because you know they likely would have lost that game and they would be eight and three currently rather than eight and two you wonder if the committee looks at okay only two losses that one game got canceled we have to throw it out that's what got them the higher seed I'm interested to know kind of what the thought process behind that was but you know like I said I think if you're a Jackrabbits fan you might need to be a little bit more upset than if you're a North Dakota State fan because you know, the Bison are 11-0, and and they're still the number one seed. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to really be upset about. And to kind of jump on Nolan's point there, I, I, I said it last week. I said I hope they don't look at conference affiliation. I can make an argument for the CAA. They got four teams on one half of the bracket. Obviously, they have a first-round matchup with James Madison and Delaware. Granted, they didn't play in the regular season, but you still have that CAA matchup. You know, the Big Sky, they got all three of their teams seated on one half of the bracket. So, I'm going to take this from a non-Missouri Valley or Bison fan, you know, so to speak, point of view going, if I'm UC Davis and I'm sitting there and I'm going, I got to play Eastern Washington again, possibly in the quarterfinals, even though we met, you know, earlier in the season, I'm sure there's uh, some scuttlebutt there. There's going to be obviously some scuttlebutt 
with um, you know, the James Madison, North Dakota State fans. My question that I, uh, I've asked fans is, well, let's say James Madison was seated, would you be as mad if they were seated eight? Because I, I think right now people are kind of going, well, they were unseated, so they could have gone to this side of the bracket. They could have went to here. But the, the committee just wants to you know take it to North Dakota State. They want a new champion. They want to make it a lot more difficult. Well, if they were seated eight, I don't think you'd be hearing as much because they'd say, well, you know, they do have three losses. Granted, one of them is to an NC State team. But, hey, if the committee thinks they're seated eight, there's not more that you can do. And – Earlier this week on the Jack Michael show, we had the committee chair on, and he still talks about, he even said he would like to make it a, a 1 through 24 seated bracket, where he just seat everybody. The problem is, is there's still regionalization, right? There's still bus trips. There's still going to be games within conference play where, for example, if Indiana State did make the tournament, what's not to say Indiana State wouldn't play South Dakota State or North Dakota State in the second round, barring what their matchup would be in the first round. So there's a lot of, you know, avenues you can go to dissect it. Obviously Bison fans are feeling kind of jaded, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to go through a bracket. You're going to have to go through a tournament. We never talked about this the first two or three years because everything was new. You know, we were just going, who's Furman? Who's Wofford? Who's Coastal Sam Carolina? Yeah. I mean, who are these teams? And we never really talked about it. It was just fun to play someone different. But now since you've been the playoffs, for so consistent in it. Every year since 2011, they've either been a one, a two, or a three seed. Since 2011. You know how many teams just want to make the playoffs? You got a Montana State team who hasn't made it since 2014. You have an Incarnate Word team who's making their first ever playoff appearance ever. So I understand how some Bison fans out there, don't get me wrong, they feel like, and especially my cute coach Houston for JMU kind of felt disrespected on Selection Sunday when you watch that show on ESPNU. But at the end of the day, I can make an argument, I think, for the CAA, again, with four teams being on one half of the bracket, it's going to happen. But four teams, the Big Sky having three teams. But again, they didn't look at conference affiliation. They put in what their mind were the best eight seeds, and that's why we get to this dilemma that we're at today. The one thing I would have done different, and to your point, that's a great point, Chase. Danny Rocco, the head coach of Delaware, they played James Madison this afternoon at Bridgeforth Stadium. This week in the Delaware Journal Online, him and his players were just excited to get back to the playoffs for the first time. I think since 2010, Delaware's had a, they've struggled. A, they've really struggled. They've had a multi-year hiatus, and they're a Jekyll and Hyde team, just like James Madison is a Jekyll and Hyde team. And Bison fans and fans of college football fall into this trap that JMU is now a brand. They beat North Dakota State in the Fargo Dome in the semifinals in 2016, went on to win the national championship, lost to North Dakota State in the championship last year, and fans think, well, James Madison, we got to play them in the quarters. This is not the James Madison team quarterbacked by Brian Shore, who is matriculated and graduated. This James Madison team has some issues. That's why they're 8-3. and three. It's why they've lost two games in their conference. They've had inconsistent quarterback play. They've had inconsistent offensive line play, and they were beat by an Elon team and a New Hampshire team, and oh, by the way, Delaware, who North Dakota State beat in September, beat those teams in the CAA. Delaware is not a pushover. Delaware is also a Jekyll and Hyde team after they lost to North Dakota State back on September 22nd. They won five straight football games, including against a playoff team in Elon, and then they go and drop two in a row, including one to Villanova, last weekend and the regular season where you just scratch your head 
Delaware is a team that's going to play James Madison tough. It is not preordained that any team, including the Bison, advances in the brackets because one bad day in the playoffs, you're playing teams that are good enough that they will beat you, that they will beat you. James Madison's got to play a first-round game against Delaware. Then they have to go and play a Colgate team. And I hear you. I hear, uh, Colgate, uh, the toothpaste. (laughs) Don't kid yourself. Colgate has one of the best defenses in the FCS, despite the fact they come from the Patriot League. They have two wins over CAA teams this year where their defense was absolutely dominant, where they shut out William & Mary and they gave up only three points to New Hampshire, the same New Hampshire team that beat James Madison. Colgate also gave Army all they could handle, and you're thinking, well, Army, what good is Army? Well, that's that same trap thinking about the brand in the mm-hmm. years past. This year, Army right now is rated in the top 25 FBS poll. Colgate gave them all they could handle, ultimately losing 28-14. to 14. In my bracket, I've picked Colgate to beat James Madison, which has the Dookie fans up in arms. I was sparring with them on Twitter yesterday. They think that I ought to just pick the Dookies. We're going to break down this bracket a lot more. There's a lot more to get into. There's some real intriguing games later this afternoon that you should be paying attention to, including Northern Iowa, who got into the playoffs at 6-5 and five over Indiana State. They got a game against Lamar, and we're going to tell you why at least me, your pal Swanee, thinks Northern Iowa's got a realistic shot to get to Frisco. More Heard It Here with Swanee coming up right after that. Nice call on the music, Chase Miller. I, I feel like I get a text earlier this week after I was sparring, Twitter sparring Rocky style, throwing some haymakers at the JMU fans. They were legitimately torqued off at me. I seem to have this unique and innate ability where I can just kind of get underneath people's skins. Brother Swan texts me, uh, Josh Swanson, public enemy number one (laughs) in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Oh, it looks like the Dukes have declared war on the Swanee boy. Little Indiana Jones there. Yeah, I I pulled no punches at our podcast, bisonillustrated.com. You can check out our playoff selection preview on SoundCloud or iTunes. Nolan P. Schmidt and myself had on uh, Sam Herder, and I was very complimentary toward JMU and the CAA. But uh, here's what gets me, guys, and and this is uh, maybe I'll just throw this out there and we can move on, talk about some of the uh, afternoon matchups in in Northern Iowa and Montana State and what have you. So we have South Dakota State fans listening to the Bison Illustrated podcast and heard it here with Swanee. We've got JMU fans listening to. Heard it here with Swanee. And we have Kennesaw, Kennesaw State fans listening to Heard It Here with Swanee. I've never pretended that I'm an unbiased kind of guy. I've been, and I mean, for Pete's sake, I ball boyed for North Dakota State when I was growing up. I've written a column for a magazine called Bison Illustrated. I host this radio show talking about Bison football and these other fans, and that's the beauty of college football. They get up at arms when I take what they perceive as pot shots to their team. So I, I think it's a great thing that fans can talk and converse like this. Um, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, this bracket, these matchups today, Stony Brook at Southeast Missouri State, SEMO beat Jacksonville State earlier this year. Elon 
who had a big win earlier this year against James Madison. They're a little dinged up. They play an opponent familiar to North Dakota State in Wofford. Incarnate Word is at Montana State, the winner of that game. Coming up to Fargo, East Tennessee State, ETSU at Jacksonville State. They had a real tight one, five, I think five overtimes against Kennesaw State last weekend. Duquesne is at Towson, the winner of that one, going to Brookings to play South Dakota State. And, of course, Delaware at JMU and San Diego at Nichols. Chase, I want to start with you on this because you've covered the big sky following the University of North Dakota, who, had they beat North Alabama, they would have not only made the playoffs, but chances are the committee would have sent them to Fargo, but injuries finally caught up to the Fighting Hawks. But Montana State, what do you know about the Bobcats? I know they've got a real athletic quarterback who's pretty mobile. I think they're going to roll over Montana State, but what do Bison fans need to know about the Bobcats? I'm going to give you the proverbial tease. In about an hour from now, I'm going to be talking with the Montana State beat writer who used to work actually in the Fargo-Moorhead area, Colton Pullman. He's out in Bozeman right now. We're going to talk to him at around 920 and get more of an in-depth look on the matchup with Montana State and Incarnate Word and obviously injuries and, and kind of what to watch out for later today. So I'm going to give you a tease so I won't go over all of it, Swanee. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, you just have to look at the Montana game, right? You go on the road in their last game, the rivalry game. They get down early, not just by seven points, but by three scores early, and they come all the way back. They score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Then they make a goal line stand to cause a fumble at the very end of the game. So Montana State under head coach Jeff Choate, again, 7-4. and four. You look at maybe some of their wins, and there might not be a lot of wins that stand out on their resume, but they did enough in this year's committee's eyes to go 7-4, and four, win a game on the road, kind of a play-in or to get into the postseason game against Montana, and now you got Incarnate Word, which I'm not saying is a layup for the Bobcats, but you probably feel fortunate it's not a Stony Brook or someone else coming into your backyard just because of the nature of what Incarnate Word is. So Montana State, just seeing them from years past and knowing Jeff Choate, they're kind of like a Valley team in some ways, meaning they got big offensive linemen, they're pretty decent up front, and they're going to be looking to run the football, a different way of running the football, but they're going to be looking to control the game, control possessions, control the time, and they played at UND last year, and I just remember seeing those offensive linemen up front going, this isn't your big sky, let's fling it around and try to get 40, 50 points, team. This is a team that wants to run the football by spreading you out to set up the pass. So I think you're going to see that a whole lot more against Incarnate Word. But again, guys, we'll be talking with Colton Pullman around 9.20 or so later this morning. They got a quarterback, Troy Anderson, who's not only their leading passer, he leads the team in rush yards. He has nearly 1,200 rushing yards. Montana State is another interesting team, and I think that's what you get, guys, with a lot of these seven and four teams, eight and three teams that make the playoffs. Montana State beat Cal Poly in a tight one, 49-42. Of course, the Bison ran all over Cal Poly earlier this year at the Fargo Dome. Montana State beat Western Illinois by a field goal in their opener back on the last Saturday in August, 26-23. The following week, they go to Brookings, and they get just shellacked 45 to 14. But when they played Weber State in late October, on October 20th, Montana State actually was ahead at halftime in that football game. So they've got some pieces. They've got a quarterback that can really, really run and uh, maybe not the, the best thrower, but they've got some athleticism. I mean, 
the thing about me for me is I picked Incarnate Word in this game, and we we talked about it on the Bison Illustrated podcast, and there's two things that kind of stack up Incarnate Word for me that kind of built the body of work for me to pick them. And, you know, I, I'm, I think everybody's afforded one bold pick per per week, and that this is my bold pick. But when you look at Montana State's win over Montana, I mean, we talk about it almost every week with, you know, whatever team. The emotional high that you reach when you beat a team like Montana, especially the way that Montana State beat Montana with that goal line stand, you wonder how they react coming into a week where, you know, it's a winner go home game. You know, I'm not saying that they're not mentally fit or mentally tough enough to do that, but I'm saying that that could cause, you know, a hangover. We, we don't know what's going to happen when Montana State comes out later this afternoon. And on the, other, on the flip side, you know, Incarnate Word has a freshman quarterback. John Copeland, who has thrown for over almost 3,000 yards and 22 touchdowns this year. Incarnate Word, yes, they're 6-4. and four. Yes, you can say whatever you want about the Southland Conference. Whatever you want, but Incarnate Word has the tools, has the players to win this game. And I, I think, I'm not saying that, you know, it's going to be, it might turn out that Montana State blows them out. I don't know, but there's something about Incarnate Word. There's something about this story, guys that makes me want to pick them and makes me feel like they have an actual shot in this game where, you know, a lot of people are, are writing them off. So, I mean, I, I think that Incarnate Word actually has a legitimate chance, regardless of if they're coming up from San Antonio to Montana. The travel is there, but, you know, you can't make excuses at this time in the year. I, I like Incarnate Word. I think they're going to give them a run. Now, back when uh, Bison fans will be familiar with Incarnate Word, they came up to Fargo during one of those ESPN college game day, game day games. They were this, bad. This is not. They were this, bad. They were bad. This is not the same Incarnate Word football team. They beat. They're in the Southland Conference. They beat Central Arkansas this year, forty to twenty-seven. They beat Sam Houston State, forty-three to twenty-six. Sam Houston State and Central Arkansas are two teams that have been seeded in the FCS playoffs that regularly make the FCS playoffs. So Incarnate Word isn't going to go up to to Montana and just roll over. For the Bobcats. And Chase, to me, that's what's so intriguing about these matchups this afternoon. Outside of that Delaware-James Madison game, the two teams did not play during the CAA season because of the unbalanced scheduling. But outside of that, you have teams from different conferences playing each other, like Jacksonville State playing ETSU, UNI getting in at 6-5 and five over Illinois State playing at Lamar, another Southland Conference team, something that Coach Kleiman hinted at during his weekly press conference when he was asked about the brackets. He so didn't want, problem he had with it. He didn't want to touch NDSU being matched up on the same side of the bracket as JMU or SDSU. What he did say is he felt Indiana State got snubbed, should have been in the playoffs. And when you take a look at who Indiana State got in over, you're probably looking at one of those three Southland teams. Probably that was Incarnate the, Word, I would Probably say. Incarnate Word or Lamar, who was the non-qualifier. So what I like as a college football fan, when I'm sitting down this afternoon – eating some leftovers and some pie, having a warm beverage, watching some college football. These non-conference matchups are really exciting and are going to provide for some dramatic football finishes. Towson-Duquesne, too. I mean, that's a that's a non-conference matchup. I mean, all of these obviously have implications, but I think when you look at, if you're a Bison fan, you're obviously looking at Montana State Incarnate Word, but you're also looking at Towson and Duquesne because that's who's matching up with the Jacks. I think everybody, every Bison fan, everybody in this area has their eye on what the Jacks are doing. Because ultimately, we may end up seeing that Jackson, NDSU, 
semifinal. And I think that's what people are kind of looking towards, not saying that the teams are, but you know, I think everybody's going to keep their eye on that Towson team because they have the the potential to, to knock off South Dakota State too. I know at 2 o'clock I'll have my smartphone and my laptop on two games at 2 p.m. JMU Delaware, just to see how the Blue Hens come off the ball against the Dukes and obviously watching the Montana State Incarnate Word game. I think you'll have just as many Bison fans watching that particular game as a Bozeman out in the Bobcats or what you're going to see down at the Incarnate Word, just kind of see the true eye test. They haven't played Montana State in a while for the Bison, obviously. Incarnate Word was at a different point in their program's history than what they are now, having a couple of years building it when they came up to uh, college game day. But, uh, Swanee, before we get to break here, I know you mentioned about UNI, so I'm curious what your thoughts are after the break, Swanee, to hear about why UNI can uh, make a run through that half of the bracket, my man. And I really think they can. It all starts with Eli Dunn, their quarterback, who played really, really well against the Bison. And then their front seven and the way they're able to get after the quarterback. Want to thank real quick before we jump into the break, Peterman Seeds, Seabird Power Sports, Essentia Health, Yankee Insurance, and Elton Dorf Trucking for being friends and sponsors of this show. And we'll dive headfirst into why old Swanee thinks you and I could end up going to Frisco. Coming up on Heard It Here with Swanee. Merry Christmas. talking about they don't call it the most wonderful time of the year for nothing we gotta let this one bleed a little oh yeah got some on the fire i miss them oh this this song does it for me man i love christmas music montana state coming up to fargo next week do I have to apologize because I wanted NSYNC played and because I'm trying to sing? How's that for a Saturday? Get out there in your car, rolling, doing some shopping out and about on the streets of Fargo, Bismarck, or wherever you may be listening, and you get that. That's what you get with this show, friends. You get all kinds of audio goodness. It's a cornucopia of holiday festivities. That's what I'm talking about. We got we to gotta dive right in. See, there's not enough time. There's so much to unpack. With these brackets, if you want to listen to more bracket take instant analysis, where I even say some uh, maybe some naughty words, get some coal in my stocking. Check there's out the- no delay. Oh, there's no delay here. So I'm gonna watch watch my uh, vernacular. But if you want to check out some hot fiery takes, check out BisonIllustrated.com, the Bison Illustrated podcast. We go in depth into the brackets, and when I take a look at these brackets, guys, you know, before the break, Chase, we were talking about Northern Iowa. I look at the bottom half of this bracket, and to me. It is entirely wide open. There is really out of those 12 teams on that side of the bracket, I think there's realistically six or seven of them that could put together a run to Frisco, starting with Northern Iowa gets into the playoffs at 6-5, and five, a Valley team. They're the only Valley team on that side of the bracket. Mark Farley has to love this side of the draw because for the first time in the better part of a decade, he doesn't see Chris Kleiman in the Bison. He doesn't see John Stigemeyer and the Jackrabbits. He sees a road where they've got a Lamar team that I think a Southland Conference opponent where Northern Iowa will be favored in that football game. And then they go to UC Davis. And, and to me, that is such an interesting matchup. The The Big Sky Football Conference went 3-5 and five against the Valley this year. But then you have Northern Iowa losing to Montana. And UC Davis beat Montana at Washington Grizz. So I really don't know what to make of the bottom half of the bracket other than, you know, flip a coin and try to figure it out. 
I mean, and, and you can't really, you know, the committee bases it on that sort of stuff. But, you know, if you're you and I or if you're UC Davis, like you don't think about that. You know, you're just going up against that team. And I mean, all of us kind of, I would assume, have you and I beating Lamar and maybe even beating him pretty handily. But, you know, when when did we all fall asleep on UC Davis? After they lost to Eastern Washington, yep. everybody seemed to just like, well, you know, they're done. They're toast. It's like this team is still really good. Their only other loss is to Stanford, for Christ's sakes. I mean, let's let's get one thing straight. You and I got up 14-0 on NDSU, the number one team in the country, at the Unidome, and NDSU went on to absolutely dominate them in the third and fourth quarter of that game, including 28 unanswered points. Now, they ran all over them. UC Davis has an electric offense. Let's not write them off to the point where they might not come out and punch you and I in the mouth, regardless of how tough and how physical you and I comes into that game. I mean, it's it's still wide open. UC Davis is still an electric team, and they have the potential to really rack it up on you and I, regardless of conference affiliation. And that that's what, Chase, for me, when you take a look at these matchups, especially when we try to project to next weekend in the second round of the playoffs, when you have some of these, and, and that's the thing where Bison fans are at, they feel a lot of them, it's split, and that was a great point earlier, Nolan, the Bison fans I've talked to, there's some of the camp like me that are like, oh, bracket of doom, I'm so mad. And there's others that are saying, bring it on. We're, we're pumped for exciting football in December in the playoffs. We're tired of these boring games where the Bison win by four or five touchdowns. If we got JMU coming to the Dome. We got South Dakota State coming to the Dome. They want to see those big-time football games. But when you take a look at some of the potential for the second-round games next Saturday, December 1st, those are some real interesting matchup, and there's really no such thing as, as a cupcake there. You've got six, the 16 best teams in the FCS, right? The 16 best teams, South Dakota State and Towson. Towson's a team that made a lot of noise in the CAA. Wofford and Kennesaw State, the over-under over on that might be five passes the entire game of those two option teams. UC Davis and UNI is going to be a real intriguing game just to see how UC Davis responds after that late season Jacksonville letdown. State, Maine, Jacksonville too. State well, at, possibly. at Maine. Well, All uh, speculation at this point. And, and Colgate, and I think the game of the weekend for a lot of folks would be Colgate and James Madison should the Dukes beat Delaware later today. So, sir, for me, it's these non-conference matchups that start. Because as, as guys that are in this part of the country, we think the Valley is the end-all, be-all. Now, you talk to folks out on the eastern seaboard, they're going to tell you all about the CAA. When you talk to folks down in the Southland, in the southern part of the country, Kennesaw State feels like they ain't getting no respect. Oh, I don't get no respect. The old Rodney Dangerfield. So this this is what the playoffs is all about. But there's some real, and I know we've said it before, and I, and I hate to beat this drum again, but when I take a look at uh, going forward to next weekend's games, there's, there's no such thing as a given in the playoffs. If you don't play well, you are not going to win. And we see it. What do we see every year? The top eight seeds. Every year, not just one, but two or three of them end up losing in the second round of the playoffs to a team that's going to be playing later this afternoon. And I mean, you know, when you look at the bracket, you know, we think you and I, you think you and I, and, and I said Jacksonville State. I mean, Jacksonville State, if you're Maine, you got to feel, you know, pretty, uh, I, I don't know, unappreciated if you're getting the seventh seed for winning the CAA. I mean, and then you get Jacksonville State, who, you know, say what you will about their inconsistencies as a team. But, I mean, they're still a good Ohio Valley team. I mean, let's not they're, – they're a perennial playoff team every year. And, I mean, again, if you're Kennesaw State, that Wofford – Wofford's a team that's in the playoffs every single year, it seems like. That'll be another good game. You're right, Swanee. I mean, 
let's let's not write off these unseeded teams quite yet because I mean anybody can make any amount of noise in the playoffs. It's just win or go home. That's all it really comes down to. And the biggest thing too is I can make an argument probably for any seeded team why their quadrant is harder than anybody else's. And I think the biggest thing that Bison fans are saying is because of the history with South Dakota State, the history with James Madison. If you would have put um, let's just say a Wofford, would you be as mad, even though you've had history with Wofford? If you put Northern Iowa in James Madison's spot instead, would you be mad because, ooh, we got to play the Panthers again? You know, so there's teams that you can put in there, which I think can make everybody just take a, a second back. You look at the four regions, the four quadrants, and I can circle any one of one or two matchups going, this could be tough for this seeded team, like Nolan was saying earlier. And to your point, Swanee, you and I, the Jekyll and Hyde, here's here's like the good part. They're four and one at home this season, right? With their only loss to North Dakota State. The bad part, they're two and four on the road. So I think they always have an edge at Cedar Falls in the Uni Dome against Lamar. Lamar's coming in on a terrific pace though. I think they went one and four to start the year and they've rattled off six straight wins since then. So they're going to be feeling pretty good. But if they go on the road, if they can beat Lamar and they go to UC Davis, that's when I start kind of putting a big question mark around you and I going, your defense might show up, your offense might show up, but it just doesn't seem like you've had the complete package away from Cedar Falls for a couple of years here, guys. And out of all those pods, I think South Dakota State, Kennesaw State has the most difficult pod trying to get to a quarterfinal football game there between Towson, who's a good CAA opponent. You've got Wofford, who can run the ball on anybody. And if you have the ball for 40 minutes of a football game to take Taron Christian off the field, that's a recipe to beat South Dakota State, whether you're Kennesaw State or Wofford. we got to make some game day predictions here coming up on Heard It Here with Swanee. We'll tell you what we think is going to break down in the first round. Remember to check out our We're show page at 740. Fan. The fan. Swanee brings God. you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Now, last week I told you. I told you at the half it was going to be 35-7 to North Dakota State over the Salukis, but then... I get so excited. I just get going, then I forget what I'm saying. I get so wrapped up, I forgot to make a final score. But put my lawyer hat on for a minute. If you take that first half score and take it times two, you get 70 to 14, which is pretty close to the final score. It ended up being, what, 65-17. So I'll take credit again. You're welcome. I was right on my game day predictions. North Dakota State, one of the top scoring offense in the country. Bye week, of course, today. This afternoon, the matchups, will go through them once again. Stony Brook at Southeast Missouri State. Elon at Wofford. Incarnate Word at Montana State. The winner of that game, of course, coming to the Fargo Dome next weekend. ETSU at Jacksonville State. Duquesne at Towson. The winner of that game going to Brookings to play the Jacks. Delaware at JMU. Winner of that game has number eight, Colgate. And San Diego, they got to be feeling pretty good. They've got a good football team, and for the first time in uh, two years, they don't have to come to Fargo Dome. They got a really good Nichols team who beat Kansas earlier this year. If there's if there's one team in the bracket, guys, outside of North Dakota State, let's start on the Bison side of the bracket. Let's drill down on that. If there's one team on this side of the bracket that could give North Dakota State a run for their money at the Fargo Dome, now the, the obvious answer is South Dakota State. They've been here before. They know how to play here. It doesn't phase them. What team on that side of the bracket could give the Bison heartburn? You know – 
I I still say it's South Dakota State. Like I I just can't I can't put any stock in this James Madison team this year, especially against good defensive teams. So if you bring them into the Fargo Dome, you can say whatever you want about them being familiar with the environment, them being used to the environment. But I mean, ultimately, it comes down to what's going on on the field, and the Bison defense is arguably the best in the country, and that's a defense that James Madison just hasn't seen so far this year, and they've faced some pretty good defenses in Elon and Stony Brook. So I still think it's South Dakota State because if you bring Kennesaw State in here, you know we have the same old song and dance of oh they've never played here, they don't know what the environment is. You know historically NDSU has been pretty freaking dominant against option teams, and I don't know if I put too much stock in an option offense, regardless of how electric they are, regardless of the sixty whatever points they put up against Jacksonville State. And again, it goes back to the same point to James Madison. They just haven't played a caliber of team like North Dakota State this season, and they won't until they possibly see South Dakota State in the semifinals. I still say South Dakota State. It's hard not to go with South Dakota State because you could go back to that game in the Fargo earlier this year and say South Dakota State should have won or they should have been up more. If Taron Christian doesn't throw that interception in the back of the end zone and they at least leave with a field goal, that's a completely different ball game than, than all of a sudden NDSU gets a shot in the arm and here comes the Bison. One team that I will say not that South Dakota State, that's not James Madison, because they were here earlier this year, and there's no way they can have as worse of a start as Delaware. If Delaware gets by JMU, and if they can get by Colgate, this will be a redemption, and it's tough to beat a team two times in a season sometimes, and they could not have more of a lackluster start at the Fargo Dome. So it's kind of one of those deals where I would just say, just because of teams with familiarity, you got some tape on each other, I go with Nolan. South Dakota State's probably a team. But if you go outside the two obvious choices with the Dukes and the Jacks, my best bet would be Delaware just because they've been in the environment before. They know what it's like. And there's just they got to have – when they saw North Dakota State on their side of the bracket and James Madison, they probably said, all right, now that this is a revenge tour, but we can kind of make a name for ourselves moving forward in, in the FCS if they can take care of business. Here's the problem. Now, Coach Kleiman said that at his press conference, and every coach will tell you this. It's not necessarily about the seeds of who you're playing in the playoffs. It's about matchups. A team that's going to come into Fargo and beat the Bison is going to have to be a team that plays awfully good defense and that can run the football. That's the recipe. You need to control the clock, move the sticks on first down, and when you're on defense, you have to get off the field on third down. Now, the trendy pick is South Dakota State, and if if I had to put money on it, I'd go with the Jacks. But the Jacks have a potential quarterfinal matchup against Wofford or Kennesaw State. I think Wofford takes care of business against a dinged-up Elon team this afternoon, moves on to play Kennesaw State Next week, and you've got two teams that are option teams that run the ball, whether it's first and 10 or third and 10, they're going to line up and run the football. The last time South Dakota State faced a good option team in September of 2016, they played Cal Poly in Brookings. The Mustangs, and granted, it was a different Cal Poly football team, but the point is Cal Poly ran the ball for four 140 yards. That was a that playoff day. year for Cal Poly. That was wasn't a playoff it? year yeah. for Cal Poly. They were supposed to come up to the Fargo Dome, but San Diego yeah, upset them in a torrential downpour the first round of the playoffs, and the Bison beat San Diego, and Bison go on to beat South Dakota State to lose to JMU in the semis. But Cal Poly that day rushed for 7.5 yards per carry, beat the Jacks 38 to 31. What have we seen from South Dakota State this year? At times, they've had a tough time stopping the run. Indiana State put up 51 on South Dakota State. Southern Illinois, who's a really bad football team but has some explosive parts and really good skill guys on offense, they hung up 30-plus on South Dakota State. 
So if I'm John Stigemeyer and I'm SDSU and I'm looking at playing a Kennesaw State or a Wofford team, and Taron Christian, he's on the field. South Dakota State generally does pretty well, but if he's sitting on the sidelines, he can't beat you. If Kennesaw State or Wofford is able to control the clock for 40 minutes, that's why earlier this week I was up in arms. I was on Twitter getting mad, saying, oh, the committee really pinned it to us, man. But you take a look. When you look at matchups, South Dakota State doesn't have an easy draw to get to Fargo. James Madison doesn't have an easy road to get to Fargo. And the Bison still have to beat a Montana State team who's got a really good mobile quarterback. And in the past, when teams have beat North Dakota State, they've done so with quarterbacks who are mobile and can run the football. So you've, the, the point being, you gotta, you got to play well. And if North Dakota State plays well, I don't know. I'm going to sweat segue now. Let's start talking about predictions. If North Dakota State plays well, I don't think there is one team on their side of the bracket or on the other side of the bracket that can beat this Bison team with 24 seniors and a guy named Easton Stick playing quarterback. I mean, it's it's still in tears, guys. I mean, there's a reason they're number one, and I think they're number one by a pretty decent margin. I mean, you can say what, how, however good Weber State and Eastern Washington are, and those are some dang good football teams, but there is a clear discrepancy between NDSU and every other team in this field. They're far and away better. And, you know, you said it, Swanee, it's a product of 24 seniors. It's a product of the coaching staff that's been here time and time and time again. It's just it's just a, a matter of, of what NDSU is and what their program's become. I think it's just a, it, it's clear that they're far and away the best team in this field. And, you know, it's going to take a really, really, really bad day from the Bison, I think, more so than maybe a team – giving them something they're not used to seeing, you know, whatever you want to say. I think it's going to take a bad day from the Bison to not end up at least playing in Frisco. And we're making comparisons as this goes on to the 2013 team, right? Look how many seniors they had. Look how many guys they brought in and redshirted. Same thing, you know, Brock Jensen and and look what he did. And no one thought a lot of these records that Brock Jensen mm-hmm. was going to have that were going to be broke. Well, then insert five years later, here, here's a guy named Easton Stick who's breaking all these records and no one's going to think that anyone's going to break Easton Stick's records, you know, moving yep. forward. And and this is what you get with a bright product of NDSU football now Will Coach Kleiman uh, get a job offer sometime between now and Frisco? That's something that'd that, be an interesting wrinkle. Gene Taylor going to give him a call? You know, is who's going to be? What are some of the outside noise that we talk about that other media uh, around the area talk about? But one thing that North Dakota State has done so well is, and you hear it from from the players, Coach Kleiman does not allow this team to look past this week. Meaning, it's a bye week this week for him. It's a bye weekend. He understands that, and he's not even telling these guys to worry about Montana State or Incarnate Word. Take the mental time. Take the physical time. Get away. They're going to come back later today at the Fargonome. They'll obviously know at that time who they're playing, either in the Bobcats or if Incarnate Word, and then they're going to go ready to work. But they don't even care that James Madison, South Dakota State, Kennesaw State's on their half of the bracket. They might, but they will not publicly tell you that, and we would never know the difference. Who do you guys got in the semifinals? Let's go right to the final four. What four teams are making the semis? NDSU, SDSU, uh, and then I got Eastern and Weber. That's a game I really want to see. I want to see that rematch of Weber and Eastern. I'll chalk, baby. That's uh, more, yeah, chalk. I'm chalking it. I'm going to go NDSU. I'll go South Dakota State. I'm going to give uh, UC Davis a plug just because they lost to Eastern. They got spanked in that mm-hmm. game. And then on the bottom half of the bracket, it's it's a toss between Maine. Weber's good. Oh, let's go Weber. Why not? Let's just go Weber. <laughs> just because I saw him in person earlier this year. See, I, I got I got to shake it up a little bit. Now, there, there's the picks I say off air, which tend to be more analytical, more academic, more chalk, when uh, Chase and Nolan and I are talking about what I really think. But that's no fun. 
You want to have fun with Swan this Saturday? Opening round of the FCS playoffs. So let's get nuts. Let's let's really throw some screwballs into this bracket of what could happen. Now, this is what could happen. Uh, here are my picks. Final, final four. North Dakota State. Of course I'm going to pick the Bison. It'd be sacrilege. What kind of swan would I be if I didn't pick the Bison? I think Kennesaw State, the Owls. Give a hoot. Don't pollute on my brackets. Kennesaw State's going to come to the Fargo Dome for a Friday Night Lights on December 14th. Bottom half of the bracket. I think Davis, with that offense, I am going to pick Davis too, Chase. I think Davis gets past Eastern Washington. They have a tight one with you and I. They get to the semifinals. And then I'm going to go, uh, let's go Weber State. And I feel boring for doing that, but at the end of the day, UC Davis, the Aggies, Division II, matchup throwback glory days are going to find themselves in Frisco, Texas, playing the undisputed heavyweight champs of the FCS, the North Dakota State Bison, and they're going to be hoisting the Bison. Another championship trophy. Put another year on the banner. This is Herd here with Swanee at 740 a.m. The fan reminding you the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd.